All right. I think it's recording. Welcome. Uh, another podcast. It's a month later. Actually, it's a month and one week later since the last one. The last dip, uh, podcast being the uh, pre-Dipsy review with John Bertan and Rob Spinoza. So I got I finally got everybody together. Uh, we've all been traveling and doing stuff with family and just busy with life. Uh, so, uh, hey guys. <laughs> <All Hey right>. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of hard because it's like, it's been a month since the race or, or five weeks since we last talked. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, have the recap and I guess it's not, it's not fresh. I mean, I wasn't there at the race. So, um, well, you you have a you have a military background, but I heard, and I don't know if this is just true, but I heard that when SEALs go on a mission, regardless of how hairy it gets, the minute they get back, they debrief. I mean, they could be covered in blood, they could whatever, but they debrief, and it's like now when we're doing this a month later, it's like, oh God, I got to think about what that was like. <laughs> I'm only doing it because it was on my list of things to do. To be no, honest. it's fun. It's, it's, it's like it, yeah, joking. it's it's no, you're right though. It's not. It's not fresh, so we're not going to have the same perspective. That right. I mean, I, I would say a day or maybe two days from the finish, uh, a week, and then all the conflicts and stuff is is probably too long. So so good. good well, lesson. your emotions start playing into it too, and you're you know if you have like, uh, you know, I had a day that that you know, I had a day that that I've thought a lot about, and and so your ideas and your thoughts about next year now start to come into the picture and maybe you don't see it exactly the way it really happened. Now you start seeing it the way you want it to happen. So I think we all go through that with race results, right? So you try and figure out like, what were the bright spots? What were the things that really, you know, you could have done a lot better. What were things you didn't control it? So I know I've done a lot of that with, uh, with analyzing the day and, and things like that. So Rob, like uh, just jump into it. Um, I think we talked, if I remember we talked about a, a goal time or, or a probable time. Yeah. And then what, what was that and reality and reality? I don't, I don't even know what the different numbers are because uh, it, it was, you know, so long. Well, ago. I, th- I think we talked about, like I said, I would be you know delighted to have a one Oh two and I wasn't even close to that. I, I, I hit like a one Oh seven right on the nose or something like that. It's close to the time. The know, times overall wife. seems slower. I, I don't know if you saw that. I don't remember well, what I had specified or predicted or you predicted but i think i was a little bit slower um yeah i mean i i think i think the last section jonathan you might you might you know agree or disagree but i think the last section is a factor in that going back over the moors again i don't know how much time that adds but i'm willing to go out on a limb here and say it's about a minute or a minute and a half yeah feels that, that's, way. that adds a significant chunk of distance um it's more runnable kind of depending on right, what right. You, what you're trained to run. I don't I don't mind going through the creeks and through the poison oak and that's uh, yeah. More and more I feel that's where my running takes me on on terrain that whenever I say, "Oh, it's not going to be that hilly." People always are are uh, maybe they regret going on a run with me. Maybe when I last week Andy we went for a run and I said it's not going to Yeah, I can hear you to climbing in six miles um so yeah i think the moors adds 
that adds time. The question is how much time I think it depends on per person, but I think for everybody it's going to add some amount of time. So the so moors are like right near the end, right? Like a mile right before the, the end. end. Yeah, you, you come up in Yeah, you come up insult and you you do almost the entire grind whereas before you'd make that last little like maybe 15 yard stretch and there would be the water station, but instead you're veering to the left and then you're then you're kind of doing a switchback thing. And like Jonathan said, you then end up on a much more gradual fire road that takes you all the way down, if you recall, very near to the end, where there's those flat steps that curve through that, you know, wooded area before you come out. Um, and so it's it, it is it's way more runnable. You can pass people. It's like a fire road almost. You could you could run three or four deep or wide rather on that section and you could get by people. But by that point in the race, there's really not a lot of people that you're concerned about passing. So just adds add some distance i think so your your i think our time goals didn't factor that in that that's a piece of it but i think the thing that i was grappling with is that i felt like i trained pretty hard and i had a pretty good day and even with the additional time on that i wouldn't have been near my time goal so it is one of those years where it's like jesus what else do i have to do you know to 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 bring to bring the rank and the time better um man it's it's tough it's like it's like if you had your best marathon and your goal was to break three hours uh, and you did that, but then whatever other goal you had by breaking three hours meant that you really needed to run like a, a, a 250. You're like, Jesus, where do I pick up another 10 minutes? You know, I, I worked as hard as I could to get right under three. And so I kind of feel that way about the Dipsy right now. It's like, I know guys were talking about, we, they, they changed the handicap and whatever, but I, I don't really pay too much attention to that. I mean, at the end of the day, whatever your handicap is with about 54 minutes net time, that's your time goal. Cause if you want to be in the shirts, you know, you got to run, like I'd have to run a one one Um, so was, that's kind of how I do the math on it. Rob, was your place different than last November? Uh, my place was better, but only by a dozen spots or so. And, you know, I felt I ran a terrible race in November and I felt I ran a pretty good race this time. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it was like 104. Uh, so last your, year was like place, one... your place was better, though. Yeah, my place was better. You know, so I like I said, there was bright spots, but, it, you know, for the amount what of work I did. Relative to November. What was your place in November? I think I was like 117 or 119, so it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a big difference. Okay, because my my place was, let's see, I'm looking at that list Andy has up. I was 95th, and back in November, I was 88th. Um, yeah, I so was you, slower. Yeah. I was slower by almost 45 seconds this year. My slowest actual wow. time to be. And interestingly, the place was not not that much far behind it was actually um not my worst placing so it's my it's right on just below my average placing in terms mm. of my it says my average place on nine uh races was 97 and i hit 95. i i wonder though so so my own training notwithstanding i i was definitely trained for uphills and downhills which the dipsy offers but on things where you actually have to run on flats with appreciable speed that's where I struggled the most. So the part that we everybody had to run at the end, uh, the Morris, yeah. um, it was noticeably more crowded. On a everybody said that this year, yep. and I everybody wonder if the uh, the changes 
and Head Start's had a factor on that. So Could be. there were younger uh, people who got sure. a minute. So the men 25 to 29. And then there were the men in their 50s got or lost a minute. Uh, women yep. gained a minute. I, I wonder if the net effect of all the placing or all the Head Start changes really bunched up a lot of the placing and made it more crowded throughout the entire race. So I feel Could in be. places where things typically open up for me when I'm running, when I'm getting the same place overall, um, they were Been more around. crowded throughout the yeah. entire race course. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did. I did notice that there were, there, there were uh, parts of the race that were more impacted. I think for me, suicide and uh, some of the places early in the day, um, I never really felt like I had broken out. You know, again, in, in the races that I've had in the past where I finished in the 40s and 50s and even under 100, you know, in the in like 90s and things like that, always seemed like that last section of the race, the last mile, mile and a half were were pretty smooth sailing in terms of other people. Yes, you have to deal with the terrain, but the, the course was far less crowded. The last few times I've run the race, and again, some of it has to do with not running it as well as I did in those years where I finished higher, but uh, yeah, this year as well, I, I did I did think it was more crowded in a lot of sections. Um, there were a lot of 50-year-old guys I talked to at the finish, uh, guys you all know uh, that that were, you know, like, hey, th that minute impacted a lot um, for us. And, um, you know, I think Not I think just that makes the minute that was added, but in terms of the overall effect of making it more crowded, you're having to surge around people, which changes. Yeah, that strategy. adds up more. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was a, you know, it was a good weather day. We did not have heat um, for the most part. It was perfect weather. So, you know, again, I think um, for the way I felt about it was I put in a really good training effort. I, I, I kind of, um, I kind of established a baseline for like, okay, you know, if you put in that kind of effort again, you'll have a fairly solid day. And I think that's what I take into next year. I don't, I'm not optimistic. I'm going to get any more time on the handicaps for some time. So I just have to run faster and where I can find that time now is, uh, is the challenge for next year. So, uh, I, you know, clock's already started. What is it? 323 days or whatever it is to go. <laughs> so, so how many, uh, Rob, how many have you done in a, in a row or, or what, what Dipsy is this for you? I had a, I don't know. I think I've done, um, I think I started in 04, 05, but I haven't done all of them. I think there's two I've missed. So. Uh, I'm on like 14 or 15 or something like that. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, David Leipzig has like 30 plus years. Yeah, he's, he's uh, up there. I think he's up 32. There. I I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, good runner. That's really good cool. guy. Good runner. Yeah. He's he's a great president. I don't know if he's going to hear this, but uh, he's the president of Tamalpa Runners. And yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough job. There's a lot to do, and it's um. You know, no good deed goes unpunished. So <laughs> you can't leave that position. They won't let you go. All board positions. We're not we're not at, we're not selling it very well. But once you get on that board, man, they're not letting you off. Yeah. So so right now um, for the listeners, I'm looking at the top like 30, 35 and a lot of the names I recognize. I don't know a lot of these people, but like Alex Varner, I know he's always like up in the top five, top 10. And uh, we had Edward Owens, who was, I think, the first that I know of, Invitational um, Open 
where he's like the uh, – oh, he has a minute. Does he get a minute head start? He had a minute. He got yeah. a minute I, I thought year. he was a scratch he runner. He would not too. have had yeah. one in a previous uh, year. So you get a minute if you're 28? That's odd. This I year. Thought, oh, just this year. Okay. This was the 25 to 29, got a minute. And he had he had a minute on because uh, he was forty seven thirty five clock time. I and, when yeah. you look at that time, I mean on that on that longer course, <laughs> I mean it's just insane. It just not even like I don't even know how you, you know, that that that's an incredible time. I mean even if you're in the if you're under fifty five on that course, it's, it's just so forty eight. I mean An I don't remember when the guy went by me. But yeah, yeah. An hour is awesome. So, so he must just. I wonder if he's on Strava and like, I wonder what his, his times, like if we, cause I have, uh, John's Strava here. And like, if you look at the mile pace and you know, the, uh, one through seven miles, it's pretty clear, you know, where things are. I wonder if you would line it up to like the first place or the top 35, how, uh, if there was some miles that were right in line with John or some that were like way, uh, that were a lot I'm different. Probably they the were climb. All faster for for <laughs> Eddie and Patty. Anybody well, I'll tell you what. I mean, that fast. Some of those guys came through when I was in suicide, and I'm a pretty good downhiller. I think most of my contemporaries would would consider me one of better downhillers amongst our peer group. And those guys went by me like I was standing still. I mean, I don't even know wow. who they were, but um, there were some guys that went down suicide so fast where it was a suicide mission. It was like they're going to fall or they're going to get down to the bottom of that with 10 seconds, 15 seconds in the bag that that I wouldn't get. So, you know, maybe it's just having younger, stronger legs that'll do that. But I mean, I've gone down suicide pretty quick before, but, you know, watching someone else do it that way when you're going when you're running down it is that I mean, that's how you make up. So you look at what incrementally you would need to do, right? So even if you're having a really great dipsy, if I had a really great dipsy, I'd need to run a minute per mile faster. Okay. Those guys just found that 15 seconds of that in a stretch, that's only a hundred yards. So, I mean, you know, like Jonathan just said, they're probably doing it everywhere. Um, but it's really noticeable in sections like that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's I think it's the full course, I guess. You know, I didn't do it. I I wouldn't want to do the downhill fast. It just doesn't appeal to me. Maybe it's because it just doesn't sound fun, or it's like if I fall really hard, I know I'm I'm not getting up. If you're well, doing you know, like a five thirty mile and you fall, you're uh, you guys know Jim Grant, right? Up. Uh, no, I don't. You don't know Jim, uh, Jonathan. You know Jim, Jim Grant. Um, I may. I, uh, so Jim's names. a great Clearly runner. Basic. He's 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 my age. He's a, I think Jim's one year older than me. Um, and Jim and I have run the Dipsy, you know, year after year after year. We always come in right close to each other. And I think Jim was a couple of places behind me this year, but mm-hmm. he was many places ahead of me last year. I think he finished 77th last year. Um, Jim's a really solid runner and he's really strong uphill. But he said the same thing that you just mentioned, Andy. He doesn't like descending. And, um, you know, he, he, I think he counts on running strongly uphill so that he can descend his own pace. And I caught Jim. And so in a training run that we did together, Jim handily beat me up to cardiac. I think he was on that training run we did together. Jim probably put a minute and a half on me up to cardiac. Oh, okay. I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I caught. 
Yeah, and I caught him just before we dropped down, just before going over the style. So, you know, it's just that that's that's the descent. It's, you know, there's no there's nowhere to hide in the dipsy if you're going to have an overall good rank or good play, you know, time. You you've got to be able to descend, you know, with some abandon. There's just no other way. And you have to practice descending, which seems to me a lot of descending is just guts. <laughs> Yeah, but you do, you really do have to practice, um, and the, and I'm most beat up when I do a really hard descent. Uh, I can do a thousand feet hard uphill, you know, full heart rate, um, and I feel fine like the next day. But if I right. descend that same thing as hard as I can, which uh, I'm not going to do, I hardly ever do it because it's just going to beat me up. Um, yeah, so maybe that's why I don't like the dipsy. I don't, I don't, I don't see the glory in going downhill fast uh <laughs> when you got the right shoes you you can you get good traction and you you can take those descents pretty hard i feel the element of having other people around that changes a lot of it there's good it's point. one thing to go down a trail and you know you're the only one there you got a big buffer around you between you and others you're not going to run into anybody you don't have to get around people and you can go whatever pace is perfect for you, speeding up, slowing down, however your body needs to tackle that downhill. But then when you toss a bunch of other people and jam up the make fill with crowds and you're everybody's trying to do it at their own pace, that makes it a little harder. So going down suicide off a of windy gap, um, that's a I mean that's that's what it is. It's part of the race. And that can those those minutes add up. I felt like those descents, I like descents, but I don't like being aggressive around other people where I could knock them off the trail or myself get knocked off. And so I felt like those crowds were there all the way to the bottom yeah. of steep ravine. Yeah, you're right. That that steep ravine was one of the more crowded sections. I think I think you went by me in the rainforest right before cardiac. Um, you were with a that was crowded uh, too. Yeah, you were with a couple of other guys, and and you went by me, and I'm like, oh, he's having a really good day. Um, but it, it was crowded for me as well. I mean, so if you you face crowds in there, it, it was like that all the way through then. Yeah, there was so, oh, a train yeah. of people through the swoop for me uh, into Steep yeah. Ravine, and then it didn't end. And I just remember very kind of sketchily going around people on those decaying stairs and the rock steps and thinking, well, it's kind of wet. I'm just going to hopefully hang on. It's kind of like skiing, picking a path, hoping the path leads to somewhere stable. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely the difference between running downhill around people and running downhill solo. And it's really hard to train to run downhill around people. So John, I have a, I have a question. I'm going to ask both of you this question. It's sort of, um, what are the things that were out of your control that would give you a better race? Um, and I, I think I heard a couple of those. And what are the things within your control um, that you think could make a better race? I'll jump in. Um, outside of my control, I the, the whole race course for the crowds and the, uh, the shortcut at the end. Because uh, I really, I do well on that technical downhill through the creeks and everything. Inside my control is the training. Um, 
running more flats, track workouts, those intervals, just practicing more speed. I do a lot of hills, uphill and downhill, and that's where I was strong, definitely on the uphills. Um, one of the hardest parts for me to just maintain pace on that uh, on, on the race this year was on the Muir Woods paved road. That was uh-huh. weird thinking. I was like, okay, now I, I really got to run. Going down the stairs in the wet and the, the mud into the Muir Woods road, that was fine. But then once I got on that road, I was like, oh, this is this is actual road running, track running now. And that was hard. And so that's that's in the training. Yeah, that's not really a cross country yeah, road. Nope. <laughs> that downhill Muir no. Woods asphalt. Uh, I don't really see how it's flap, uh, flap, 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 flap. Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy on your feet either. So I agree with you on the on the out of control uh, pieces. Those were those were mine as well. Crowded course um, and uh, and the and the shortcut at the end. I like that as well. Um, there's there's a place to, to grab some places and time back in that section especially uh, with people who may not know the course as well. So that's um, an, an advantage for the people who've run it before. And then um, losing losing the minute as a 50-year-old, I think I would have picked one up this year. So that would have been helpful. But, you know, hey, that's, that's everybody that's my age. So um, things that are in my control, I felt that, uh, yeah, I didn't have especially good endurance training. That's one of the things that I've suffered from just as life has gotten busier and, you know, kids and things like that. I don't have time to go and run 10, 12, 13 miles, which to me always felt like a good foundational run for anything like six or seven miles that you're going to do hard. If you've got that endurance base under your uh, feet and in your legs, then you can really build on that well. And that, that strength foundation to me always worked well. So I didn't get a chance to do a lot of that. I would, I would add that to my training track workouts. Yeah. Those always help. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them, but, but I, it's something I know I got to do. And then the other thing that I noticed this year, I was unwilling to admit it to myself, but I worked on it in training over and over and I tried to improve it. But we talked about this last time, you know, the, the mix up training where you're doing ascents and descents and you're, and you're hammering both of them, switching up fast to one and the other. One of the things that I was working on in training was, you know, difficult descents that really sort of load that part of your leg and then a long, steady descent. So uh, again, the Muir Woods Road or the long run down, you know, until you get to Steep Ravine. I never really felt electric when I was training that way. So in past years where I've had really good dipsies, that's been the thing. It's like, okay, your legs are loaded. You just finished climbing and now you got to jam downhill and you got to do it for, you know, prolonged period of time. I didn't feel like I really had that strength and that dynamic kind of capacity in my legs this year at all in training in the race or whatever. And I think for me, that's probably another two or three minutes over the course of the day. So you know, with a little bit of luck, if I don't slow down and uh, and I can put that back together and I can continue to build on an ascent, you know, maybe that brings me closer to 103, 102, 103. And if I got a minute, you know, it starts looking better. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for going into next year, you know, and um, starting up training again, you know, somewhere around beginning of the year. So, yeah. Yeah, I think some days the stars align and you just have a good day. Uh, I'm sure diet has something to do with that and rest and stress and weight, life. <laughs> weight, simple physics. Weight has, yeah. uh, weight has, I've noticed diet has a huge impact on uh, a race. If I eat well, 
for you know a week leading up to like a long marathon i don't know if this would be the same with a dipsy but like a long race or long effort for me diet seems to matter um you know what i did this year that i think that i think did help and i I talked to pedro about this at the end of the race pedro had a time that was a little bit faster than mine but you know he's a younger guy too and so but one of the things I did because I, I wasn't prepared, I think, to run a long day was I, I took a gel up uh, right near cardiac. And then when I hit the water station, I washed it down. That really helped me, I think, because I, you know, that's a long day, you know, an hour running an hour with no fuel. Um, for me, that kind of an effort right now is taxing. So I think you're right, Andy. I think going into that race prepared, having your diet be, you know, dialed in for the for the week ahead is probably a, a good a good foundation, a good base to take into the race. Diet, sleep, how rested are you, all of that. I was thinking the day before it was really hot. And then the day of the race, it cooled down a lot. Had that weather pattern been off by a day, it could have been a really hot race. And I remember the day before I was playing with my band out in Richmond at the Black Star Pirate Barbecue. The outdoor barbecue place that's in the sun on the bay at Point Richmond. No, we weren't in the sun. Oh, okay. shade and everything but we were our time slot was 4 to 8 p.m so it was pretty warm when we started and it was normally like with heat i'm thinking heat i've learned how to tolerate it I, i've been burned by the heat um in races pushing too hard and then finding myself puking on the side of a trail um in uh, 100 milers but and a lot of that's the sun exposure too but i noticed that day we were playing that afternoon it was so warm i was thinking whoa this is kind of like running in the heat i gotta approach it differently and so i just felt a little bit slower playing this is kind of weird um hopefully it will cool down by the next day um but yeah i think going into the race true i wasn't the most rested um probably not uh I, i did hold back i had only one beer uh during the gig which was um four hours the, one beer that's uh i know ex- exactly wow, four hours one beer and wow. they have good beer and I, I didn't have to pay for the beer so i guess my my fee for the food and going out there is lugging all my gear and playing music but it's yeah i didn't Blues notice Brothers, that huh? the uh <laughs> the um the weather is uh and how well, what happens the day before what are you doing the day before yeah how much time you spend on your feet yeah I agree. I mean, they always just talk about that with Ironman and marathoning and stuff like get off your feet, get off your feet, get off your feet. And it's like, I think most of us can tolerate being on our feet normal amount of time. But if you do find yourself standing, yeah, I think that Saturday I was on my feet a lot too. We had some kid activities and I was on my feet all day and I'm like, oh boy, what am I doing here? You know, like I should just go home and rest. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's the life of an amateur runner, right? Well, it's destination races right there. You go with your family. It's like, oh, we're going to go around. Yeah. Go see the city. We're going to do do stuff all day long. And the day before you have like 25,000 steps. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm going to go do a marathon. So you bring up an interesting question. What is a lot of steps or not a lot of steps for a particular day? Everybody, they say 10,000 steps, but that actually comes from a Japanese product from 50 years ago, which was a step counter. And they just picked 10,000 because it was arbitrary. Um, but some days, depending on what I'm doing, if especially if I don't go for a run, it could be minimal steps. 
it's funny if I go for a bike ride, it doesn't count anything in terms of the steps, but I could go for a long ride. This was last week. I didn't run. I didn't do too much on my feet, but I did do a 20 mile bike ride. And right. so the step count was low. And then uh, other days, just because you're moving back and forth between something, your step count can go high, but it still doesn't feel like you did anything. So what are what what's your step count today, Andy? Today is terrible. I'm at like almost four thousand because uh, I haven't done anything. I've just been working. And, you said uh, almost four thousand, not only four thousand. Yeah, uh, thirty-eight, forty-three. So um, not very many steps. Uh, I, normally, I average about fourteen thousand a day. Uh, yesterday was like twenty-six thousand or something. I did two runs yesterday. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's what you're used to. It's it's taking it out of the normal, you know, like flying across the country is, is not normal. And then like walking around a town all day is, for me is not normal. But yeah. This is changing the topic here, but I was thinking actually going back to the weather. Earlier, Rob, you said the weather was cool. It was nice. But I do feel it was it was warm when running the race. And I gauge that by how much did I sweat and how cold did I feel in parts of the course. There was fog and there was moisture, but I certainly did not feel cold um, and refreshed by the the ocean air when I got to Stinson. It still seemed like it was on the warmer side. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it, it didn't even, weather didn't really even it wasn't cold or it wasn't hot. It's kind of the way okay. I viewed that day. You know, I, like I, cause there have been days where you get to Stinson, like you said, and it's just like a, get me in my fleece jacket and let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, and then there have been days at Stinson where the wind's blowing the other way and you should, you know, it's like a summer day down there. It's rare, but it can happen too. But those days are hot, you know, that on the course, you know it, but the Dipsy is, um, you know, it's hard work all the way. So I, I, yeah, I found myself, I'm always soaked. You know, when I finished the Dipsy, my shirt is soaked and it, it can even be, you know, low sixties, I would imagine. And I would still be sweating at that level. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't sense the day was either warm or cold um, from a performance standpoint. It seemed like it was right about, you know, I'd have, I'd have, right. I have to check the time to see when I left. Cause I went back over the Dipsy um oh that's right yeah guy with yeah. trekking poles because we both had the broken arrow uh 52k the following weekend up at olympic valley and that was we we had we we didn't plan on it but we both had the same thought okay we're going to use the dipsy to go back as a way to just you know get out the trekking poles and get ready for the next weekend's race it's great and the whole way back was pretty warm and yes we're going uphill up to cardiac but even on the way downhill into mere woods i was still warm even moving at a slow pace with the trekking poles and I, it was actually interesting because we the race was still going on when we headed back out on the trail so it was very interesting to see the people at the very end who were finishing up um i haven't i haven't ran the race back ran the race course back it's been a few years uh, since I did that on Dipsy Sunday, but it is fun to see the people who are still, you know, pushing through. Um, well, it's an event. That's it's awesome. Running their own yeah. race. Yeah. What it's about cool carnage? Uh, was there any serious injuries out there? Maybe I shouldn't even bring that up. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see anyone come through uh, 
when I when I was finished, and we we hung around for a little bit, but then got out of there, and I don't I didn't see anybody. Um, who was who was who was uh, bloodied up? Um, who was the normal amount of bloody? I saw people no, with bloody. scraped arms, maybe some bruise, foreheads, stuff like that. One of our but friends. Nothing that jumped yeah. out at me. It just seemed like the normal amount. No, normal dipsy blood. Just yes. just normal. No 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 broken bones. No uh no concussions. We don't think. <laughs> All right, I think this is a good talk. Um, uh, I'm gonna do one on my Florida marathon next, uh, but cool. that's probably gonna be a solo one unless someone wants to join me. Uh, oh, I'd I love ran to a ask you questions about that. That's that was of one a, of the one of the hardest things had, I've done. <laughs> you had where was it, Andy? Attempt first, right? Just right out of Tampa. I just did okay. laps around a neighborhood. Did a marathon. Oh, so this this was a self-supported marathon. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, you these did, are the worst. You did, <laughs> you did a 19 miler before, right? I failed on a Monday. Sounds like a good idea until you get started. Yeah. I failed on a Monday from almost from heat stroke. And then on a Friday, I tried it again, got up at 430. So I, I, had to, I avoided the heat. You just um, don't know. You don't remember how long 26 miles is until you start to do it by yourself, and you're like, "It's it's it's so it's, long. It's and so long. You're at, it's you're at 16, so much longer like, than 20 miles. To go. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> even 20. It's so much longer. I used to do a run from our house in Nevada when we lived there. I used to go out to the uh, to the cheese factory, and then I would sometimes go back up. Uh, Point Reyes Petaluma Road and make a left and then run out whatever the hell that road was. And and then I'd come all the way back. And so, you know, just getting to the 10 mile turnaround, it's like, wow, that's, that's you know, a, a, a pretty good run in, in and of itself. And then you're turning around, but that's only 20. You know, I'd have to go another six, run another, you know, 45 minutes or whatever it would be in a training run man alive it's like you you know and 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 i know the course which psychologically makes it easier because i know every mile mark when you go and you run a, a marathon like a self-supported or a long run where you've never run before in a new city or a new town or whatever it seems like it takes forever i mean it's a long way all right guys thank you for your time and good job i hope <laughs> to see you and talk again keep us Maybe posted we'll some more more people 2023. All right. All right. Cheers. All right. Later.